Visit patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast and become a patron of the show. Our patrons are special people who are invested in our message as we rescue the art of homemaking from the daily grind. You will receive digital versions of each of our cookbooks and fangirl patrons get special video access to each episode. Thank you so much to our patrons. We can't do it without you. Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. And now let's rock this show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Homemaker Chic Podcast, episode two, season 15. We jumped ahead of ourselves. Whoopsie. We were so excited. We were like, I guess so. in- let's do this. <laughs> a little confusing. Yeah, Amelie yeah. Lee came to me. She's like, yeah, look, I already made the red square for Instagram. And you guys are like all over the place. You're calling it 16. It's 15. Now I got to go make the red square again. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Sorry, Amelie. Yep. Stu too. He got a season 16 template all ready to go. And then I'm like, actually, we were wrong. It's season 15. And this is the season of Homemaker Chic Podcast where we are working backwards. So if yep. you're new here, Angela, what, what is this podcast? This is the podcast where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind. Uh, you have red lips on. I am sans maquillage today, but you look lovely. Uh, yeah, we're doing it in red lips. No denim jumpers. We're spunky. We're funky. We're classy and trashy. <laughs> we're, all, we're all those things. <laughs> Who really fits into a box anyway? Nobody. 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 Or yeah. not one box. I fit in probably to a handful of boxes, but sure. boxes, plural. Um in okay so what we do on this show if you're brand new if you you know started your new year and you thought i am going to um fill my brain with some good stuff hopefully we fall in the good stuff category and what we do is shay and i sit down before each season and we sort of assess our lives and our uh just sort of the pace of our families the pace of our homes what's going on maybe things we're struggling with or things where we think we've gained a little ground in the previous months and that's what we make the next season about so this season um so we always come up with a fun title and everything sort of spins out from that this season is working backwards now in uh typing up the show notes and everything shay um grammarly kept flagging me for working backwards plural so oh. I, had to, I had to do a little digging because I didn't want to look dumb because I'm a homeschool mom and I didn't want to look dumb turns out working backwards is more British and it's more American to say working backward. So both are correct. Okay. So don't let Grammarly give you crap if you like to put an S at the end of your backward. I tend to use British words when I'm typing Mm -hmm. as well. I think Mm -hmm. my inner dialogue is British. (laughs) Your inner monologue. That's what I mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Austin Powers, my inner monologue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, I'm mine is too. Like for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I don't put a U in color or favorite, <laughs> but I've been known to spell gray wrong, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. rubbish, brilliant. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. kind of leaned towards the mm-hmm. British yeah. vernacular, as yeah. it were. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Well. Season 15 of Homemaker Chic Podcast is brought to you by Toops & Co. Angela made a comment about my lips, and 
I want to share this Tubes & Co. product with you. So if you're new, Tubes & Co. is a skincare, natural skincare, natural makeup company that we love. And my bathroom is stocked with serums. I use their French clay soap and their uh, charcoal bar on my face. But this lip gloss is so wonderful. This one's called Tiamo. Not to be confused confused with Teamo, which is the Italian way to say it. Tiamo is the Spanish way. Okay. All those romance languages those get all garbled up, don't they? Languages. Anyway, this is a color that I love. This is a lip gloss that I love. This is the one I have Georgia wearing. And this color stays on a long time. There's just no garbage in these products, mm-hmm. which is... You know, when you look at another mom who starts a business like this, which is exactly what Emily did, she is a homeschooling mom. I think she's got, what, four or five kids? Mm-hmm. It's incredible to me what she's been able to be to build just out of sheer passion for yeah. clean products. So mascaras, eyeshadows, like I mentioned, serums. She even has dry shampoos now. She's most famous for her tallow balm which is a really wonderful, thick moisturizer. I use it on my chest and my elbows and my old lady knees. <laughs> I use it on my chest. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you got to protect the chest. Oh, yeah. You know? I tell you what, if if she sold the tallow balm in like, you know, like Costco size. Oh, yeah. Like I would just dunk myself in it. Oh, yeah. I just, I can't. And don't be um, put off when Shay uses the word heavy because it's fabulous. It absorbs into the skin. Here's what I've been doing. I um, put mine on and then I, instead of waiting, like I, instead of waiting to, because it's winter, here's what I'm doing. Instead of waiting to put my foundation on, I'm um, catching it right before it's absorbed into the skin. And so sort of mixing it with my mm-hmm. foundation because this is such a gnarly time of year for those of us in northern, you know, where we have heat and fireplaces and everything. Mm-hmm. Your skin, like I have combination skin, like pretty oily. So it still has that oil, but there's kind of this dry layer on top <laughs> and it catches on your foundation and it makes you look old. So sexy. It makes you look old and crepey and nasty. So if you catch what's left of the tallow balm, as you're putting your foundation on. Do you kind of know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It's mm-hmm. it's lovely. It, yep. The foundation moves across your face really smooth. Yep. And that's my uh, my tip for right now. There you go. Mm-hmm. So you can shop all of Tubes & Co.'s clean products by visiting tubesandco.com and using the coupon code. Look at you. You're so funny. It's Homemaker 10. Homemaker yeah. 10. It better be. It better be. We should not give coupon codes over the air. We should okay. just be like, figure the show notes out. You guys have been listening long enough. Figure out how to find the show notes because I swear we get them wrong every other time. <laughs> Keep it's a lot talking. to remember I'll, on the fly. It's, it's Homemaker 10. It's, it's Homemaker 10. Yeah. Yeah. Use if that coupon code it. for 10% off of your purchase. If you have young ladies just getting into makeup, this is a really fun little thing to do with them. Go online with them. They can pick out their little color lip gloss or an eyeshadow or like a little powder. It's very fun. Uh, I just had my girls run the computer the other day. We were filling the cart. Have you seen the new thing they're doing with concealer? Like I've been 
No. Seeing this on YouTube videos. Remember like, remember the YouTube concealer look where they just smear like the really white concealer all under the eyes. It was Mm -hmm. like this quintessential YouTuber look, you know, like the people Mm -hmm. that just talk at the camera the whole time. Um, Now I'm seeing like makeup artists, they're just putting like a little in the corner and then out here, like two placement areas. I don't know. But that's where I keep seeing them apply it. I know that doesn't do much for the, um, the purple. (laughs) They're probably like 20 and they're like, oh, you just need a little tap here. No, for real. I'm pretty tired of seeing really, really, I love all you young women, but I'm pretty tired of you telling me how to be beautiful. (laughs) Could you just stop? I feel like that when you see some of these beauty influencers on YouTube and they're like, here's how to look great at 45 and it's a bunch of Botox. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, right. true. But aside from that, right. do you have any suggestions? Are you just saying I'm? it's hopeless? Yeah. That the implication? Yeah. Your yeah. only hope is this. <laughs> but, you know, like the, where they show like the eyebrow. I'm really intru- – I'm always into eyebrow products. I love eyebrows. And they show this eyebrow product. I'm like, no, like you had like amazing eyebrows to start with. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? I'm yeah. sorry you had to get rid of some of them. Yeah. I'm How sorry. How about all of those who, you know, did the rail eyebrows in the early 2000s? How early about- 90s. Yeah. For some, some people. Yikes. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Well, today we are going to work backwards mm-hmm. in the kitchen. That's where we're going to spend some time and we're going to we're going to sort of dial back what our goals are in the kitchen and then ultimately what are the steps that we take to get there. I think it can be one of those very overwhelming places mm-hmm. in our homes. And so I thought let's just eat this elephant right out of the gate this season and just sort of deal with some of these things. Our hope, listeners, is that When you guys listen to these episodes, you actually leave with ideas sort of parsed out in your mind of like easy, implementable, make that Mm -hmm. up. Yep. It's got to be a word. (laughs) Daily steps that you can take to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. So I took a little bit of time and wrote some goals down that I thought would mostly broadly apply to most of our listeners. Um, somebody was asking me the other day and they said like I don't I don't get it what what do you mean working backwards like it's not I'm not connecting this one like make your bed or better not more some of our other seasons and I said well some people know how to accomplish goals and to skill up and to get from point A to point B and other people um, start at point A and, mm-hmm. and just get really overwhelmed and they right. they don't know how to execute and move forward. Or maybe there's just certain areas of your life where you get overwhelmed and can't execute to move forward. I said, so the idea of working backwards is what what is in the middle and in your mind starting with the end result you'd like to create and working backwards and it affects everything. It affects your habits. It affects your routine. It affects what you say yes to, what you say no to. Um, and so just sort of filling in all those things on the timeline. Mm-hmm. Rather, I guess we should say from point B to point A. Mm-hmm. Backwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to get to point B. I'm at point A. What are the steps? You can't just like, well, I want to be at B. Okay. If, well. I'm, if I'm at point B, I'm looking back. Like, just imagine yourself there. What did you do? Why was this time different 
than the mm-hmm. last time you wanted to get it together in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well, because looking back, I did blah, blah, da, 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 da. You know, I implemented change here, there, mm-hmm. and everywhere. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And this uh, was a subject we had our fangirl call. I know you guys hear us always talking about becoming a patron. Uh, definitely do that. We love it when you do that. Um, yeah. Show your love for the, the show. But this was the main theme on our fangirl call the other day. The kitchen, the kitchen, the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I think it's um, probably um, pragmatic and probably economic, you know, economically induced right now because everybody's feeling that pinch in the kitchen. It's a wild world out there, ladies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a wasp in my office. What do you It's what? January. How? I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that. I don't know they like houseflies with formaldehyde. Yeah. Like a housefly can come back to life in your windowsill. Creepy That's little disgusting. buggers. I um, I ha- if I have scream, a- you'll know what happened. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we got a huge amount to go over in the kitchen. Because yes. like you said, this is a theme that runs over, over, over. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, this is the heart of the home. So much stems out from our kitchens because... You can ignore your laundry for a week. You can't not eat for a week. Mm-hmm. Your kids won't allow it. Trust me. I've tried. Um, <laughs> so we're going to try to do. Oh, are you hungry again? Oh, I'm sorry. sorry Didn't you just eat that. on Tuesday? Tuesday. What's, what's your problem? <laughs> we're going to have some very specific gardening episodes as well mm-hmm. as other parts of the home. But I am. We brought on a new sponsor this season that I'm really excited to share with you guys. This is Survival Garden Seeds. (laughs) What's cool is that I first got introduced to this company because I had this goal in my mind. I was sitting down and I was spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars every year on garden seeds. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one of those things with just a little bit of effort you can actually not do. If you grow heirloom varieties and you do a little bit of work on the back end of the season to save seeds from your garden, you literally wouldn't ever have to buy seeds again. That's what's so cool about heirloom varieties. They can pass down from generation to generation. You can't do that with hybrid seeds. And so just to give like kind of this example of how this is going to apply this working backwards idea, if I Mm -hmm. don't want to spend that money on seeds every year, I need to then take some steps. The first step would be to get some seeds from a company like Survival Garden Seeds, Mm -hmm. open pollinated, heirloom varieties, the good ones that grow. Right, right. (laughs) Grow those in my garden. Yeah. Make sure to leave some behind. Make sure to harvest the seeds when they're ready to be harvested. And then just make sure that they're stored correctly. None of that is complicated. Right. But you don't just magically not spend money on seeds anymore. Like you have right. to kind of. You got to store them, get the Ziplocs, get the ball jars, have space in your cool, like whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Your... You got to do yeah. it. Um, yeah. I'm really excited. Mine are um, shipped and I'm mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited. There's mm-hmm. a few things I'm very anxious to try. You know, my joke about like my cabbage flops the last few years. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad to try another. Mm-hmm another label watch it grow yeah we found in our we talked to our patrons about this on our call and what we found was a lot of people had kind of given up on heirloom varieties because it's you can get those heirloom seed catalogs and you just get so overwhelmed there's so many varieties which is great Mm -hmm. but 
those aren't necessarily the ones that are going to do best or taste best or do well in your area. Yeah. And um, I really do think that what they offer is so unique in that they're just saying, here's the best. Here's the best butternut squash varieties that you're going right. to have the, the greatest chance of success with. Or here's the basil that you're going to have the greatest chance. And you can pepper in other things as you see fit. But just for somebody to be like, let me take care of you. Here's what you should grow. <laughs> it's, really, mm-hmm. it's really helpful. Well, and anyway. even we have, um, we we had, there were a few people on that call that wanted, they, we obviously have to talk about gardening because yeah. it is the season coming. Yeah. But the starter packs, like, hey, you're a homesteader. Here's a pack we recommend. Right. You're a small farmer. Here's a pack we recommend. Right. I right. love that. It's yep. really simple. Yep. So, so the, that's kind of what we're talking about, this this working backwards. Yeah. Right? One step up, one step up, one step up, and then eventually you get to the goal. Yeah. So let's just dive right into the meat of it. Okay. Shall so we? So let's imagine like we're we're at a dinner party this Christmas and you're talking to your girlfriends. You're like, you know what? I killed it in the kitchen this year. Looking back, what did you do? Mm-hmm. How did you get to that? fabulous, fun, accomplished conversation instead of hanging your head in shame, which we often do about like our laundry or keeping up with the groceries. Uh, you know, it's always kind of has that hot mess umbrella. Let's get rid of it. Yeah. The hot mess umbrella. There's like mm-hmm. nowhere that applies more than the kitchen. Why do right. we love to do that? <laughs> um, probably because we have to spend so much time there. So, so I kind of sat down and thought, well, what are the goals? Like what, what is that point? that you want to be at. And I think this might, maybe it's the party with your girlfriends where you're just like, hey, I'm not under the bus. I'm not, I'm not a victim Mm -hmm. of having to be a part of my kitchen. But I also think there's other ones. So I thought maybe we could go over those and then people will identify with one or another. Okay. Um, My first thought was it could be your goal in the kitchen to just be really well stocked. Just have what you need all the time. Yes. And I think for There's some people, thought. this is just going to be being well stocked and making sure that you don't run out of stuff. I think for other people, this could be maybe a reflection of kind of how you want to cast your vote in terms of the agriculture system. So maybe mm-hmm. well stocked means I'm going to try to source from local farms or my food is going to sort of be reflective of those agriculture policies that I want to see. Sure. So I think even well-stocked could have different goals within it. Mm -hmm. Another one I thought of was, of course, just being organized. Like, what if my kitchen just functions? I know where my pots and pans go. My lids have a spot. I know where I keep the extra salt. Right. Just just so you're not um, a hot mess while you're in there. You know, it being January, I was reading Tony's book the other day. Mm. And just kind of looking at the kitchen. Tell people what you mean by Tony's book. Um, why is the name escaping me? Tony is bowl full of lemons. Bowl full of lemons on Instagram. But what? Why is the name of the, the book escaping book me? Book of Home Organization. Organization. Okay. Yeah, it's downstairs. Or else I have I'd it right grab next it. To me, um, but she's talking about uh, stations in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I remember where I remember creating stations in my kitchen. Well, this is dumb. I'm trying to. I'm tired of walking from over there to over here to do X Y Z. This is the coffee bar. This is where I use and engage with my spices. This is where I bake and will just reach down for that pan or that bread basket or whatever. Um, being organized like really helps you <laughs> feel yeah. like you know what you're doing in your space. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It makes you feel competent. Mm-hmm. And then you can handle kind of the everyday stress like you're 
six-year-old coming in and being like, what's for dinner? And you're not super angry because you're just trying to find your pot holders. Exactly. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. I thought another goal for a kitchen potentially could be a kitchen of giving, a fellowship. Mm. You know, one that's sort of set up or equipped to feed the people. Right. It's the, for the spontaneity of it when the need arises. Potentially just for various the, opportunities yeah. for fellowship or, you know, your girlfriend's kids are sick and you just want to send her a soup or, you know, there are actually steps to take to be able to posture your kitchen for giving, mm-hmm. for being able to just take people in as needed or put that's food great. out. Another yeah, one could be thought. nutrition. And this is one that got brought up a lot on the Patreon call. Mm-hmm. Um, another could be budget. You know, maybe your goal in your kitchen is just to dial in your grocery budget so that at the end of right. the year, you just kept it between the lines, didn't cause a monthly fight when you sat down to do the budget with your husband. <laughs> right. And Hypothetically. This one sort of, I feel like the budget, you know, the budget really intersects with organization. And that, that was something that really came through on the call, like... I, I bought something, I bought something on sale, it was a good deal, or I knew I needed it. And then my personal life wasn't organized. I didn't have the kids' sporting schedule on the calendar, so I forgot practice. Like XYZ wasn't organized. And then all my good intentions for what I bought and right. the menu that I had planned like went down the toilet, literally. Like I had to throw the food away because... Because I wasn't organized and I, I couldn't, I couldn't even make, there wasn't even the time to make the food that I had planned. And that's like that ec- economical bit where mm-hmm. this is not really the time we want to be throwing away food. Right. Not that you ever want to, but it, right. it hurts much more right now. It does. Yeah. My last one was in that vein. It was just a resourceful kitchen. One that mm. has little waste. One that makes right. use use of what it has the best that it can and you know i think the homemakers who are listening they might parse this out they might be like well it's nutrition and it's resourcefulness or it's giving and it's organization or mm-hmm. you know we're all going to kind of go about this in a little bit of different way depending or on we're going to have different needs yeah yeah different gaps in our own home? kitchen you know yeah mm-hmm. we all have we all have we all have places we excel in our homes and we all have areas where there there are gaps and we can mm-hmm. take time like with a show like this and look and go okay I'm, it's time to fill those gaps in yeah. i don't i don't have to be this person in 3 months i don't have to be this homemaker in 3 months praise god right <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank goodness praise god <laughs> here like as we begin to think about this do you have a goal for your kitchen in this coming year or or being a home cook, how you want this whole space to work for you? Yes. Yeah, I, I have something. I So we usually, as humans and homemakers, we usually don't change until it hurts bad enough. <laughs> right? That's true. Mean? It means like we don't start working oh, out geez, until we can't course. get the button buttoned. You know what I mean? Like we know what it means. We know what it means. Um, I am personally so tired of getting to that last five five days of the grocery run and being like I don't know I don't know I got nothing I got nothing what do you guys want peanut butter and jelly you want a pizza 
like mm-hmm. buttered noodles. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I have to be done with that. And it's not every month, but I, so I get my grocery for the audience. I get my groceries once a month. I order from Azure Standard and I live in the boonies. So I have to drive an hour and a half to pick up that order. And that's where I get Costco. I don't have any option for um, having food delivered or Instacart or whatever like that. It's pretty lame. Fabulous place to live. Pretty. You have to be really intentional when you leave the house um, about what you're going to accomplish. But um, so by that third week, three weeks and two or three days, you start to feel it. And if I reach deep down into the freezer, I can do something amazing. I mean, the other day I found a brisket. It was delicious. Last night I made chicken pot pie. It was amazing. But like, that's me like, okay, what are we going to do here? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? You know, and there's reasons I was able to do the chicken pot pie. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, yeah, I need to be done with that. I want groceries and order and sense and intention from day one when I pull in the driveway with that mother load to the day I leave for the day to go get it and people have to eat while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Dang it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Because those last four or five days are so stressful. I hate it. For the past three years, I've encouraged women in their kitchen with new whole food recipes and instructional cooking videos. If you've been needing a little more pep in your step when it comes to cooking delicious food, I want to personally invite you right now to join the Elliott Homestead cooking community. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com to get started. As a cooking community member, you will get five farm fresh inspired recipes each month created from my farm kitchen and delivered straight to you. I'll also send you an instructional video to go along with those recipes so that you can learn new skills and begin to enjoy new dishes and flavors. Together, we'll cook dishes like chicken milanese, plum and marzipan bread pudding, homemade harissa with summer vegetables, barley and wild mushroom salad, sourdough English muffins, caramel apple cake, wine poached pears with blackberries and bay, and so much more. The cooking community is a place of inspiration and community where you can visit with other home cooks on our circle group or simply enjoy the bountiful recipes that you'll find each month in your mailbox or inbox. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com right now. Choose the membership package that's right for you and let's get cooking. Hey listeners, this is Angela. You've heard me share with you how you can become your very best home decorator by joining my design society at oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. But what about your vacations? What about a getaway with that old world flair? Right where I live in beautiful Door County, the Martha's Vineyard of the Midwest, right on the shores of Lake Michigan. It's time to reserve my charming English cottage for your next vacation. Book a nice cozy winter retreat now with off-season rates or schedule your family vacation for this summer and enjoy our pristine beaches, quaint antique towns, and vineyards. The cottage is dressed in English country flair, but it's very family-friendly, sleeps six, and is just moments away from the lake. Visit parisianfarmgirl.com forward slash cottage to book your next getaway today. Homemaker Chic listeners, we are so excited to tell you about a great seed company that we recently discovered, Survival Garden Seeds. This is a family business created by two brothers. All their seeds are heirloom, open-pollinated varieties and are guaranteed to grow. These are tried and true varieties. 
They carry hundreds of interesting varieties, but I'm most excited about the three big garden collections, which have either 30, 50, or 100 varieties included. It's a huge selection of herbs, all different kinds of vegetables, and even a few flowers for beauty and pollinators. They come in sturdy packaging that is perfect for storing seeds long-term. All their packets have seed-saving instructions included, which allow you to save seed for the following year and have a perpetual harvest. The best part is that these collections are priced at just under a dollar a packet, which is amazing. So use the link below this episode to shop Survival Garden Seeds or go to survivalgardenseeds.com. Homemaker Chic listeners can use the code HOMEMAKERGARDEN to get an additional 10% off those huge collections of 30, 50, or 100 packs. I know you guys have to take trips, you know, like mm-hmm. an hour there and an hour back sometimes to feed stores or to Lowe's or, you know, mm-hmm. that comes up during the month. Mm-hmm. Would it be worth it to you to do your monthly trip to go get your Azur, to go get Costco, and then do a second Costco trip halfway through the month? It would be worth it. It's just not those like the feed. A lot of those errands are a bit shorter. I mean, mm-hmm. the Costco is an hour and 30 minutes one mm-hmm. way. So I have um, in the last couple of months, I have hit Costco twice just because I was like coming through town or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. And even if it's too, co- even if like the feed is an hour away and then you tack on another 30 minutes for Costco, like. But it's not so much that there's nothing. It's that there's key things like cheese. We're always running out of cheese. Okay. It's cheese is a really fine thing to build a meal around. Um, Beef. I I need to either break down and get our beef is gone, our own home raised beef. So I need to either get a quarter, get a half, get a whole. I got to do something like the the beef problem has got to stop. It's stressing me out. It's my favorite food in the world and I need more of it. So I think I mentioned this on the call the other day, like personally, sorry, hot piece. Um, personally, I need to, I think I'd like to dial back the variety and focus on quantity. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to take more intention on my part. I'm going to have to sit down with the meal and go, okay, what are the, are there fussy meals that I don't really need to mess with because they're not everybody's favorite or are there things that are everybody's favorite that I can just experience that win feeling as the cook that everybody's really happy and there's plenty of it mm-hmm. um it's just going to take some planning mm-hmm. before this next go round so mm-hmm. but it's got to be done again it's that whole thing of like you feel the pain you're like I don't want to feel this pain anymore yeah <laughs> I don't it's, like this you get resentful of a work that otherwise you really enjoy you like to right cook. I do yeah hmm uh so let's talk, start with the well-stocked goal. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote down for my kitchen weekly grocery orders. And I'll tell you mm. why. Because when I – I had this uh, butter table in my kitchen and it had all my cast iron and some copper on it. It was just dishes. It was ugly to look at. It was making me nuts. So I took all that, put it somewhere else. And I tried to create this – bountiful feeling in my kitchen because I find that very inspiring. And right now I'm cooking with onions and shallots and potatoes Mm -hmm. and sweet potatoes and like all this cold, dirty food, which I love. But um, when I have, for example, fresh parsley, 
Mm-hmm. I can see a bundle of fresh parsley and a glass of water on this table. I call it my bounty table. And I'm like, okay, I can I can do it. It's just these silly little mind things for me. But I just will create these bowls. So I'll have a bowl of apples and another little basket of small little new potatoes mm-hmm. and another little bowl of just some good garlic. And, you know, I just kind of create this feeling of abundance, even though it's just kind of normal pantry stuff. But when you put mm-hmm. it together in a really pretty way, all of a sudden you start to feel creative about it. And so going to the grocery store weekly for me, I don't need stuff necessarily every single week other than the stuff we turn over really quickly, like fresh fruit for the kids. They like to right. have apples for their lunches. Fine. Right. I like having fresh parsley. I like having fresh cilantro. Um, I like having bananas. <laughs> I like having bananas mm-hmm. for smoothies, these kinds of things. Yeah. So for me, working backwards is like, if you want a well-stocked kitchen, you got to get to the grocery store. You got to like find your way, whatever that is, to stock it right. with what you want. Right. What do you eat? And like you said, that could be very few things, really. Yes. I feel like it's going to be very few things. Um, I will do this thing <laughs> where I will be the martyr and I will look at the organic pasta on the screen or look at it at the store and go no you can make that oh you can make that yeah come on Ange you can have a few boxes on hand okay (laughs) like it's gonna be okay just buy the pasta (laughs) yeah yeah pastas so sometimes I I I fluctuate sometimes I have just piles of it bags of it boxes of it and I'm ready to go and other times I'm like no I'm gonna just make it Mm mm-hmm well, you know, then I get PMS. I'm like, I don't want to make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so going know back thyself. to the, like, the resourcefulness <laughs> right. or the budget sure. aspect of the kitchen, mm-hmm. for me, having those foods, whatever they cost, is still so much cheaper than having to go get Thai takeout because I want a bailout. And nutritionally, Look. exponentially better than anything we can eat here. Well, yeah, because – can we even eat in public? And like, if we're going to avoid the seed oils thing, can we even eat in public no. anymore? Probably not. No, I yeah. mean, there, no way. And it's just so much cheaper. Yeah. And and it's so much better. Yeah. Like, I, I have made suppers before where it's so I get a really good pasta, box pastas, and I keep a slew of them in my pantry. Mm-hmm. I will just olive oil, clove of garlic, boil the pasta. Tomato, a can of tomato sauce, put the pasta in, parsley over the top, Parmesan cheese, like grated, you know, like dead simple, dead right. simple stuff. And if that saves us from eating out, nothing makes me feel prouder than when I don't want to make dinner and I pull something off. Oh my gosh. <gasps> I love that feeling. I saved $150. I love it. Exactly. Good job. Patting myself on the back. <laughs> yes. Um, with the well-stocked goal, I have to tell you guys, I know I am like generations late to this party, but <laughs> I finally bought, I was having some serious problems with uh, pantry moths. They tend to get a little bit worse in the winter here. They like rice and grits and dried fruit mm. and all these wonderful things I keep in my pantry, which you can keep in cla- glass jars, but that's hard if you buy in like bulk bulk, such as flowers. 
Anyway, so I finally bought a vacuum sealer and I set it up in my root cellar so that I can just go down and they come with the little bags. You know, you put the stuff in and it sucks all the air out and then seals it. The best. The best. Because when you find a good deal, so, or here's another example. Like I buy hazelnuts from a local farm once a year after the hazelnut harvest in the fall. Okay. Nuts go rancid really fast. You put them in the freezer. They tend to get freezer burn, you know. Mm -hmm. At best, you can just like kind of put them in a Ziploc. Yeah. But this, you put them in the bag. It sucks all the air out. It seals it. And for one, that feels really nice. It looks like a package you'd get at the store. It's Mm -hmm. really safe from any kind of bug getting into it. And then you've got something that you can really easily just keep in your pantry or put in your freezer. It's such a great way so that things don't go to waste. So if you get a big chunk of something or even like a big thing of cheese, you know, Azure sells the five pound blocks of cheese. That's what I buy. Okay. Well, some of the problem with that is like it can dry out or, you know, you just put it into a Ziploc, plastic Ziploc and it gets gross and then it doesn't look as nice and then maybe you're not as inspired to cook with it. Right. You could get that. You could cut it into one pound chunks Put them into the little vacuum seal bags, put them in your fridge, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now here's our portion for this week. Here's our portion for this week. And I've just found it eliminates that a would lot be great of waste for my family. A lot my of waste. family, they're barbarians. I love you, yeah. but they are feral. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they will go in and just like pick at cheese, gnaw on cheese, take out their pocket knife, slice off a tap, scrunch tinfoil over the edge yeah. of the $50 five-pound yeah. Azer cheese, yeah. and just like, hey, hope you don't dry out. Yep. Yeah. And vacuum sealers are not expensive. They're not. That's a great idea. Crazy technology. Um, I loved what, so we had, we have a listener, Mary Kay, I loved what she was saying on the call about when she had two small children, like, and her husband was studying to become a doctor okay heavy schedule tight budget Mm -hmm. she would get the sunday paper and she carved out sunday night she clipped her coupons she'd see which meat was on sale and she did like what you were saying where she would divide things up into the serving size for their family Mm -hmm. and store it or freeze it accordingly and that way she she had didn't waste anything mm-hmm. she could get it while it was discounted or get it at a better price because she was maybe buying a particular size mm-hmm. but just, I love that idea of dividing things up into their usable portion mm-hmm. because families are rough on the fridge you know they're leaving things open they don't understand humidity mm-hmm. and yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it can um also easily sweep into the other goal of keeping it organized and kind of cl- keeping it clean Mm-hmm. because it just condenses things down. So right. I had a huge tub of basmati rice in our root cellar. I was having problems. The kids would get into it, leave the lid off. And I just thought, I'm going to take five minutes here. I divided it amongst okay. five vacuum-sealed bags, each of which would fit into like a half-gallon mason jar. So I keep a half-gallon jar up in my kitchen in my pantry. Okay. okay? And I can just cut open one of the vacuum sealed bags. It's the right amount to fill that jar when it's empty. And then all the other rice is just stashed away, safe, not going to get spilt over. The lid's not going to get left off and other stuff find it way, its way in. It's safe from bugs. You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's these small little things. But I'm telling you, the devil is in the details in the kitchen. Right. 
like upside down and sideways. And Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit of work on the front end to be well-stocked, to be organized, to be resourceful. But once you kind of figure out what your moves are, then it's just maintenance after that. Right. You would love a vacuum sealer. I'm going to send you some pictures of it. I like keep petting the packages. Makes me giddy. (laughs) I love you. Dried fruit. I like all Mm -hmm. these things. I keep stashing them away. It's very pleasurable. Um, I do. I do like your idea of the table. You sent me a picture of that last week. Mm -hmm. Um, just having that that produce and things where they're it's visually stimulating Mm -hmm. and inspiring. Um, I try to do that in so. If you're new to the show, Shay and I each have walk-in coolers that we built. They're totally DIY'd. Mm-hmm. And for me, I did that. I had a restaurant only or a refrigerator only restaurant fridge. Um, but with six kids, like I do that once a month run to Costco or whatever and shove it full like where I could barely keep the door closed. And then obviously everything in the back would go rotten because mm-hmm. it's out of sight, out of mind. And that's a real problem for me too in my cooler is... I need to get in there and keep it tidy because if people put things back in places that I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I have definite zones in the cooler. This is dairy. This is grains, blah, blah, blah. Um, not everybody abides by that, obviously. And then I forget something is there and it goes bad. But I loved, I do love putting like the the bouquet of the herbs in there or I, have, I use a lot of woven like thrift store baskets mm-hmm. in my cooler just because it's more it's aesthetically pleasing it makes you feel like you're going shopping right and any you can do that in your refrigerator put a little bouquet of flowers in your fridge like anything to keep it fresh inspiring take your eggs out of the carton put them in a really pretty bowl mm-hmm. in your fridge mm-hmm. like everything matters when it comes to keeping you wanting to do this task three times a day right you know it's, it's a big deal right that's exactly what I found I would go down to my root cellar I spent six hours cleaning it on Saturday, which is ridiculous. Like that can't happen again. Right. And I thought, if if I gonna come down here and it's dirty and it's stale, mm-hmm. why do I want to cook a dirty potato? That's not what I want to like that's not inspiring at all. Right. I, I couldn't believe what just bringing, you know, a couple days supply into the kitchen. I'm not talking about having a ton and having it take up a bunch of space in your kitchen. I'm talking about I have like a little pie plate that has like six onions in it, a couple days worth. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy, but I can just go stand over it. It's a great place for the kids to grab snacks from. It's like, here's your little oranges and here's your apples and here's your bananas. Mm-hmm. And that actually brings up another good point because okay, I know we both eat so much of what we grow. And I think people interpret that as, oh, you must never eat anything else or you're somehow untrue to your ideology. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't, I don't have that kind of time. I will die like, before I don't eat olive oil or drink coffee or enjoy right. chocolate. And I'm super grateful for the importation of food. Let me just say that. I think we need to kind of accept in our kitchens like better is better than perfect, which is unattainable. Mm-hmm. And I think this idea of perfection, as with all things, it keeps us from even doing anything. And we just think, oh, well, if I can't grow my own bananas, then I just (laughs) won't have smoothies. And it's like, right? it doesn't have to be like that. I'm fine with my, I buy these. Look, thank you, listeners, for all your suggestions for the Siete potato chips. 
Okay. I How like are they? potato chips. These are great. Okay. I buy those. I buy bananas. I buy a little snacking apples. Yes, we have dried fruit that they could eat, but I'm grateful that we're not at the point in our society yet. <laughs> yes. We're having to like eat the tulip bulbs. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> terrible that is not funny (laughs) um i think another perfect example of this frankly is wine Ooh, cue that wine music yeah i was thinking of that when you were naming off all the things i'm like and wine we're happy for our wine i am i'm so grateful for that like you said you don't have to be the martyr about it just be grateful right be grateful and do the best that you can and that's the reason we choose all of our sponsors, really. But um, this part of the podcast is sponsored by Dry Farm Wines. This is our wine segment. Dry Farm Wines has exemplified this better over perfect, mm. although their wines are pretty, pretty perfect. <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. perfect. <laughs> so For here's sure. what we want you to do. Visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. These are wonderful wines from all around the world. Super clean, low alcohol almost no residual sugar whatsoever, all organic and biodynamic, grown from small little farms all over the world. Right. So Angela's going to teach us about something today. Yeah, yeah. So here's what we're going to do this season. We're going to give you a region, a tip, and a dish for any type of wine that we're talking about, because we know not everybody's drinking dry farm, though we strongly invite you to. Um, So we're today, today, I just would like to share with you about a wine region um, in France. This is one of their appellation. Appellation. It's going to look like on the bottle. I know you've seen that word before. I'm going to tell you how to pronounce it as best I can. Um, Shay, does this look familiar to oh, you? can't see that. Can you see that from way back there? It doesn't look familiar to me. Okay. It's purple and white. This is a Bourgogne. Bourgogne. B-O-U-R-G-U-E-I-L. All those vowels. Thank you, France. Bourgogne. Okay. This is from the Loire Valley, so um, perhaps at, I don't know if they're going to carry this so much at a grocery store, but maybe at a wine shop you've seen a Bourgogne, um, from the central Loire Valley. And for the most part, the Bourgogne is a Cabernet Franc. They have to follow certain rules, so it's going to be 90% Cab Franc at the minimum. Oh. And then they are allowed to add uh, 10% Cabernet Sauvignon on top of that. That is permitted but pretty rare from what I've seen. So that's the region. That's your Bourgogne, and that's how you say it. It looks like Bourguiole. <laughs> um, and then the, the tip is this wine is one you're going to want to drink like within like 4 to 15 years of whatever date you see on the bottle, 3 to 15 years, and between like 59 and 61 degrees Fahrenheit is your temperature and you want to use a Bordeaux glass so your Bordeaux glass is one with the long stem for the patrons they can see what I'm holding and it's nice and tall and the length of the glass what it does is it makes I won't do it right now while we're talking but it makes it so that when you take a sip the wine goes right to the back of the mouth and um, it helps develop the, sm- the taste the shape of the glass is, is meant to develop the taste of the wine and to sort of smooth out any rough edges so I'm a firm believer mm-hmm. in the proper glass for what beverage you're drinking, and that's why one would choose a mine? 
That is what my uncle, who is Italian, so he can say it. My uncle would call a Dago glass. That's what my uncle would I call that. I love these. Mm-hmm. He loves them too. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where did I write? I did write some notes about dishes. I might have taken a screenshot. Hold on, please. Hold, please, while I find my screenshot. So, um, go ahead. So, okay, never mind. I understand. Now. That's okay. I was just parsing so, out what you were saying in my head. Yeah, the the typical flavors of this region um, are like strawberry, raspberry, black cherry, a jalapeno even, very herby, mushroom coffee, tobacco, and this, um, nope, excuse me, the food pairings are, it's going to go very well with like an antipasti, mm. it's going to complement a dish like you were just saying, olive oil mm-hmm. on your noodles, it's going to mm-hmm. complement olive oil well, and then lighter meats, chicken, pork, veal mm-hmm. lamb so yeah yes so this one is uh this is 100 percent cab franc this is from dry farm wines it's a 2019 burgoy prestige mm-hmm. and it's quite lovely there you go that's actually Residual probably sugar, to some point people that not all one. wines are meant to be aged yeah uh it is it is a nice thing to to do a little bit of research on the wine you're drinking because if it's worth shelving for a while go for it yeah but not all wines get better with age no i don't think winking owl is going anywhere but (laughs) but (laughs) but some are meant to be drunk right away and some you can sit on for a while so well uh, so dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic is where you can go and you can kind of put together a little box so you can give these a trial run as it were you can just try three bottles you could do nine bottles you could do 12 reds or 12 whites there's bubbly wines that you can choose from so there's a lot of different packages that'll kind of you can do a one-time order you can have it shipped to you monthly this is one of those things like i always have mine shipped to me monthly because to me this is this is a well-stocked kitchen We drink wine. That's pretty much all we drink anymore. Um, On occasion, we'll mix a cocktail. But, Mm -hmm. you know, as you age, beer isn't quite as kind. Forgiving. (laughs) (laughs) I think the word you're looking for is forgiving. Exactly. (laughs) And we do open our home a lot for hospitality. Most people like wine. And so it's kind of, to me, just it is part of it, of having Mm -hmm. a well-stocked kitchen for us. So. Right. And, you know, we've talked about health and check you you guys, if you have never before, go ahead and visit the Dry Farm website. Do a little research because I know so many of you are health minded. And so this is now a wine that's going to line up with Mm -hmm. your personal health convictions. It's not going to undo everything you just did when you were sourcing local food and making that menu and deciding how to keep you and yourself and you know your spouse and your family healthy so yeah okay so back to the well-stocked kitchen idea or the goals in the kitchen I wrote down nutrition and what's funny is when I was thinking how do you get like this nutritious kitchen built it became this sort of dog chasing its tail where I was like, okay, to have okay. a nutritious kitchen that lines up with whatever your nutrition goals are, all of ours mm-hmm. vary, right? Right, right. It has to be well stocked. And then it just mm-hmm. kind of goes around and around. It goes back to all those things we just talked about. So if your goal mm-hmm. in your kitchen is that it reflects nutritionally what you're trying to accomplish for yourself or for your family, that means you got to put the work in. It means you need to go shopping and like maybe source these certain things, whether that's raw milk or whether that's half a beef. 
You have to be well stocked. Better is, you know, choose better over perfect or better over mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, have a system for storing extra so that you have what you need on hand, whether that's a vacuum sealer or a dehydrator or a bigger freezer. Um, like you got to put the work in. You got to have a well-stocked kitchen if you're going to have a nutritious kitchen, period. Right. There's no easy right. button. Okay. Um, what about time? I mean, I think mm. the subject of time has to be yeah. brought in because I know what's gone bad in my kitchen. And if I thought I was going to have time to preserve X, Y, Z, like I no, that time's not going to just fall from the tree and land in my lap. That you have to make the time to do certain things in your kitchen, whether it's put up food, preserve food, make you know, chop your vegetables in advance and then Mm -hmm. freeze dry them so you have them for soups all winter. Mm -hmm. Nothing is free. That that time that that you need to invest into your kitchen to make it the place you need it to be is not just going to appear. It's it's somewhere. You might be spending it somewhere, but you have there has to be intention there. Mm -hmm. I was laying in bed the other night and I was like, you know that feeling when you're like showered and you've You've done your to-do list. And I laid down. Mm-hmm. I was like, thank you, God. I'm so tired. I'm so grateful for this full day, but I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. And I doze off. And all of a sudden, my phone alarm goes off. I'd been asleep for five minutes. I forgot to turn my sourdough. I had to, So I had to get out of bed, yep. go up into yep. the kitchen. It was like 1030 at night. I'm like folding the sourdough. I'm like, this is our weekly bread. I batch yep. cook the sourdough now. So I make a triple batch mm-hmm. of sourdough artisan loaves and then I make a triple batch of ciabatta rolls which is what the kids eat sandwiches on for lunch and it's a lot of bread baking on one day but then once it's done it's done for seven days and And are you freezing it tell us what you're doing no no no. I just keep it wrapped in okay in a ziploc and it does fine I mean we eat it fast enough by the end of the week maybe I use it for homemade croutons for a salad that's what I you know like you find your ways to use it but again back to that resourceful goal like nothing goes to waste in my kitchen I'll make breadcrumbs or I'll make croutons or last week I made a, a papa da pomodoro soup which is an Italian bread soup so it's stale mm. bread and tomato sauce and garlic and olive oil and you just slow cook it down and it's thick and velvety. Oh my gosh. It was delicious. And you yeah. use stale bread. Um, I think people confuse. I have mixed feelings about the time thing because I understand that people have jobs and they have requirements. And I also understand not everyone is enthusiastic in the kitchen as I am. Mm-hmm. But you can't ask from your kitchen something impossible. You can't say to it, I want you to be well-stocked and I want to be healthy and I want it to be organized and I want to make delicious meals for my family and I don't want anything to go to waste and I'm giving myself seven and a half minutes per day to do it. Okay. Well, why did you say you have mixed feelings about the time thing then? Because I think people have unrealistic expectations because of food network shows and because of Instagram foodies who are like, here's an overhead shot of me making this in 45 seconds. And people think, oh, I could do that. No, that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, you have to schedule the time. Yeah. I have five bags of Meyer lemons in my cooler right now. Yeah. Because I want to make lemon curd for the rest of the winter. Yeah. Where am I going to find that time to make lemon curd? I'm not going to find it. I have to make it or else the lemons it. are going to go rotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think 
what I mean is people try, people can try to do too much and then somehow mm. it's the kitchen's fault. <laughs> oh, for sure. Or the, the idea of cooking. I don't like to cook. It's too, you know, mm-hmm. goes wrong. It's too much. It's, ex- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, okay, so that doing too much thing, for me, that comes down to like paring it down, like totally. honing in on a totally. few key things. Totally. We don't need to like accomplish all of this in one month. What do you need to get better at? Do you need to just dial in three amazing soups mm-hmm. that you can make, f- you know, four to six times over the month? And there's a meal. Right. Like, good enough well that's you know do you need you gotta set the thing so it's like if your kids have activities let's say after school and okay everyone in the family isn't rolling home until 5 30 at night and you've got something else going on 7 30 yeah right right right. and so you're given this teeny tiny little period of time i i hear this all the time from my cooking community members and they're like sure i need weeknight stuff i need weeknight stuff and i'm like what you want is for me to say, here's a five-minute curry. Your family will love you. When what I actually should say to you, if I'm being realistic, is like, go make an omelet. Because that, that's really what you're giving yourself space for. Right. Right. Right? But what you don't realize is behind all those, like, 15-minute meals is mm. three chefs doing all the prep work. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah. You Sharp just knives, realistic. well-stocked pantry. Yeah, three chefs. All, yeah, all the things. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and okay, but but an omelet, Shay, like coming from like like a French perspective, like an omelet is a really simple, hearty meal. Yeah, slice of bread, omelet, some herbs, good glass of wine. Yeah. boom. Whatever little greeny veg you got hidden yeah, whatever whatever cheese you have whatever we make potato bacon omelets yep. potato bacon chef like mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. like that don't underestimate eggs for dinner no that <laughs> but i mean me, like that's simple the ultimate where it's like oh yeah. my gosh i don't know what i'm gonna make let's just go grab something between that and like okay i have a little bit of spinach left over i got this little weird chunk of cheese left over i got sure. nine eggs and you do it and you got fresh pepper on top and like a li- mm-hmm. little bit of fresh parsley or chili flake or whatever. When yeah, you sit down to that ciabatta and an inch of salted yeah, butter on the top, on. boom. <laughs> yeah. And that's the kind of stuff where you're like, good job. Yeah. To me, good at job. least, that's the kind of stuff I'm like, well done. Mm-hmm. You did it. You literally saved your grocery budget a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the resourcefulness for a little bit. I was just going to can... say, have we touched on resourcefulness? Okay, so... Okay. This might be an unpopular opinion. No, from you, Shay. From me. <sighs> oh my gosh, it's hot. Look at my face; it's so warm. I know in here. you. You started to get. Flushed. I'm like getting redder and redder. <laughs> <sighs> I think if you're looking at, I want my kitchen to be resourceful. I want to have uh-huh. as little waste as possible. Okay. Um, you got to look at reusable packaging, obviously. Okay, so okay. like. Be well stocked. I use a lot of glass. Glass jars. I use a lot of glass. Yeah. The gallon glass jars. I buy mine from mm-hmm. Azur. I buy like six every couple months because they're mm-hmm. they're not Just cheap. Just in case. No. Mason jars are great. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of Le Parfait jars because I love the tops on them. Uh, half gallon jars, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of look at like where does where's the waste coming from? Is it food waste? Is it packaging waste that bothers you? If it's packaging waste, okay, well don't buy stuff in cans. Buy your go to your health food store and get your beans and your you know 
you can put them in your own packaging, that kind of thing, if that's your mm-hmm. goal. But I think here's my unpopular opinion. Okay. Flour is so much cheaper. Even the best flour, the best is so much cheaper than pre-made bread products. And what you have with flour is possibility. So you can take one product, flour, salt. Mm -hmm. You can make hamburger buns. You can make ciabatta. You can make artisan sourdough. You can make cinnamon rolls. You can make scones. So I don't buy any of that stuff. And I know it's more work for me, but you do get better at it as time goes on. And to me, it was just, I just put the kibosh on sandwich bread because I haven't been able to find any that is worth its salt. Mm-hmm. I kind of created this ciabatta recipe. It uses yeast. Again, is it perfect? No. Is it way better than my best alternative? Yes. Yeah. So I just make a triple batch once a week. Everybody can open. They can make a peanut butter and jelly ciabatta. You can grill it and have it with an omelet. You can put in mm. tuna and red onion. You can put in... Lunch meat, you could just put in cheese and lettuce. Like, it's very adaptable. No one's trying to cut it themselves, you know, like a sandwich bread kind of situation, right. fighting over this right. piece or that piece. Right. Anyway, when I think about a resourceful kitchen, I think what are the core products that you can get the most out of so that you have as little waste as possible? Have you been to AmericanBlossomLinens.com lately? When you do, here's what I want you to remember. Homemaker Chic 20. Because that is the coupon code you need for 20% off the linens you need to run your home. I'm talking about heirloom quality sheets. Woven with American grown cotton. Softer with each washing. These are our favorite sheets. As fans of vintage linens, these are the best sheets ever. And you'll find the most plush towels, plus blankets, duvets, and even pillows. American Blossom Linens is the company Shay and I partner with in our homes for top quality, invest once linens. Woven to last a lifetime. That's right, invest once and never again with American Blossom Linens. So visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use our coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 for 20% off your entire purchase. We want to dress our home in accessories with a story, with quality accessories that have meaning, and for sure accessories that are not headed for the landfill. A huge concept on this show is Better Not More, and our sponsor, House of Tokuman, exemplifies this idea. Visit hotrugs.net if you're tired of throwing your money away on cheap rugs that don't survive your lifestyle. Dress your home in a hand-woven rug from House of Tokuman. I'm a designer, okay? I want you to look at your home. Where does it need some style infusion? Nothing is as timeless as a Persian rug. And here's a designer tip. You will give your home an instant professionally designed look when you add a Persian rug. They elevate your space instantly. And they're so versatile. You can move them all over the house and they are made to withstand real life. That means they're able to withstand your pets, your kids, your spills, and your traffic patterns. So get to know House of Tokuman over on Instagram. And then when you're ready, use this exclusive coupon code HOMEMAKER25 for 25% off this investment into the fabulous style of your home. You're guaranteed a -a one-of-a-kind rug, no fake antique rugs, machine-made copies or replicas. House of Tokuman is at hotrugs.net. That's hotrugs.net and use our coupon code HOMEMAKER25 for 25% off your full-sized rug. 
Get your tickets to the Modern Homesteading Conference today. They are discounted right now at modernhomesteading.com. This is where you can learn in person from speakers like Joel Salatin, Carolyn and Josh Thomas, Anne of All Trades, Melissa K. Norris, and more. You need to see how things are done in person where you can ask questions and get answers immediately from someone with decades of experience. And you need to be surrounded by people who understand this way of life. Live demos include chicken butchering, pig butchering and old-fashioned charcuterie with salt curing, sheep shearing, kombucha making, fruit tree grafting, and of course, the family milk cow. All of this and more is included with your ticket price. Plus, relax and enjoy a performance by farmer, filmmaker, author, and artist, Rory Feek. Visit modernhomesteading.com today for your discounted tickets. That's modernhomesteading.com. I buy like 50 pounds of flour a month. Not counting einkorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I make four loaves of sandwich bread a week, not counting bull and mm-hmm. sourdough, you know, mm-hmm. more stylized, delicious bread. Yeah. But like the more I make four feed the people. Feed the loaves, people bread. You know? Yep. Um, and resourceful, you know, like this week. Oh, here's a little. I was at my butcher, my farmer, uh, last week. And I was just kind of picking his brain because I have some meat in the freezer that is older. Mm-hmm. And I'll be darned if I'm throwing it away. I am not above eating Why do people meat. say that old, like, I, I don't know. get that. I'm like, can I get your professional opinion? Like, I got some stuff that's like a good 18 months old. And I'm not throwing it away. And he said, no, it's it should be fine. It's fine. It's like, not, it's not going to go rotten. He goes, I feel a little bit weird about selling it mm-hmm. because of my reputation he goes and I had asked him about stew hens do you have any stew hens and he said for example I got a whole box back there of um stew chicken pieces to like cut up the bits you know because if you want them you can have them because I feel a little weird about selling them so resourceful I've been making chicken stock like a mofo because I have all these leg bits and feet bits and stuff that he just was a little bit uncomfortable selling but there's nothing wrong with them um so that's that's resourceful that's provided a ton of food uh this is my other like this is another this is one of my signature moves okay we need to do another signature moves uh Mm -hmm. episode but every year Trader Joe's sells puff pastry Mm. Okay, they sell it at the holidays. I live, I live three hours from a Trader Joe's girl. Get your own. <laughs> Come on, it's so good. It's just butter, salt, flour. There's no garbage in it. I literally go there. I've been twice this year. I bought at least twenty each time. Oh my gosh! Good job. I have no shame. I just load my cart with the puff pastry. It's three ninety nine, or maybe these days it's four ninety nine mm-hmm. for two. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. When I am in a pinch, mm-hmm. I get those out. I thaw them out. There's always some sort of cheese in this house. There's always some sort of ham. Mm-hmm. I can make like a quiche Lorraine mm-hmm. open face thing mm-hmm. like like that. Mm-hmm. And it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Last night, I did make my chicken pot pie and I was pressed for time and I had everything going. The onion sauteing, lima beans. I was making the, the you know bechamel and Mm -hmm. i thought you do not have time to make the crust yep got out my puff pastry Mm -hmm. so resourceful also means like knowing like when things are going to be available 
picking people's brains about things, engaging with local vendors mm-hmm. and local farmers, and you never know like what you're going to stumble on. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful that Stu has sort of seen the way that I function in the kitchen and basically doesn't give me grief about, oh, you bought 20 boxes of puff pastry. <laughs> right. Because he knows it'll save us. It will save us. It saves us. It saves us. That stupid puff pastry saves us from carry out. Yeah. It just saves us. Right. It's just so easy. And I can just pile vegetables and meat on top of it. Yep. Boom. Yep. Yeah, um, I love it. I very often eat meat from our freezer that's three or four years old. I have zero Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Me. And it tastes like that's nice fine. and old. That makes me so happy. I there have can't pretty be good anything meat wrong with it. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I just kind of wonderful. I didn't lose it, but I'm kind of like in this age of information. The problem mm-hmm. with that is like people are like, "Give me information. How is it? Is this fine to eat?" It's like, why don't you just boil it and eat it? Do you like it? Did you get sick? No, then you're fine. Go ahead and eat it. Like, just that's can a joke you just in our house. chill out about the it. The next day, I'm always like, "Did you get diarrhea?" <laughs> nope. Well, then we're all okay, aren't we? <laughs> Keep eating it. You're not going to get sick from meat that's been in the freezer. No. It might be a little freezer burned. Maybe. But that's only if they didn't do a good job of wrapping it up. If you wrap Mm -hmm. it up, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. So chill out about that. Buy the discount meat at the butcher by all means if people got a qualm about it. Right. That's I finally told this to my uh, cooking community, too. I was like, y'all stop being like, how do I cook this cut? How do I cook this cut? Like, I'm happy to guide. If you're not sure, if you've got like weird, if your husband hunts or whatever, if you butcher beef or like you got a good deal at Mm -hmm. the butcher on these cuts or that cuts, if you don't know what to do with it, Mm -hmm. cover it with a bottle of wine, put in some aromatics and boil it until it falls off the bone. Word. Roosters, stewing hens. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, roosters are tough. I'm like, ain't nothing tough if you boil it for long enough. And I'm not talking about disgusting boil. I'm talking about like adding in a little tomato paste and rosemary and some chopped Mm -hmm. onion and bay leaves and peppercorns and like low and slow and sexy. And then you have the most succulent meat falling off the bones. Mm -hmm. We do this with lamb neck, which is not an expensive cut. Um, They're very cheap. There's a lot of meat on them. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, like, when I was thinking about a resourceful kitchen, you got to get creative with leftovers. For example, I had this sort of play out in my kitchen. I made a pot roast. Beautiful, thick broth. It was wine and all those yummy herbs Mm -hmm. and spices and stuff. We ate the pot roast. There was still a little pot roast left, so I picked it off the bones, what was left, chopped it up strained the broth, added a little water to thin it out, and then I made a risotto. So now mm-hmm. I've got, I'm using my rice oh, and yeah. I'm adding in some carrots and some onion and some onions and some celery. Mm-hmm. I use the broth, tons of flavor, all that fat. Then I add in the meat chunks and boom, we have risotto. Now there was a little risotto left over. So I took that and I kind of- What do you do with that? Made I these fry them. I make risotto cakes. Yeah, I made little risotto okay. cakes. Yeah. Exactly. And it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. I served them on like a little bed of greens. It was Mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, You got to get creative. But I'm telling y'all, no one is going to jump into your mind or jump into your kitchen and do that for you. There's no Instagrammer or YouTuber or podcaster that's going to be like, and here's how to take the next micro step of your life. Just do it. Just do it. Like you can figure this out. 
You can. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna. You're not gonna hurt anything. You're not it's gonna just hurt food. anything. Stop. Right. Yeah. At best, it's gonna be gross, and you're not gonna want to eat it, and then you won't do that again. Um, let's go back to the organized kitchen. Okay. If you want to have an organized, nice kitchen, what are how do you work backwards? What are the steps you take to get there? Okay, for me, it's about it's personal conviction and like expectations. So it's it's the personal conviction that I go to bed with it clean every night. It's the personal conviction that everyone helps after dinner and everyone's got a job and the floors get swept and the table gets wiped down and sorry guys we're not done till we're done mm-hmm. um it has to be tidy so i can keep it organized it's it's the label maker in the drawers like here's where the pyrex goes here's where the bread pans go it's calling back the nine-year-old look look at this drawer this is not what our drawers look like please put things where they go mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. ugh, it's mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a rigorous, it's, it's a rigorous. rigorousness. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's a doing what you don't want to do. I get uh, one of my big, pe- biggest pet peeves is when somebody's like, that will be hard. Even people I love dearly, that'll be hard. That'll take too long. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. But like, here's the way we do things. And this is what makes tomorrow morning or the next meal so much easier because mm-hmm. this is the way we do things. Mm-hmm. We've heard from a lot of our listeners who are um, and our patrons on the call who were talking about meal planning. Mm-hmm. I think meal planning can be one of those things like budgeting where it's like it's, it can be very overwhelming. I think it's right. an essential part of an organized kitchen. So if you want to work backwards, oh, I want my kitchen to be organized. Like you said, to me, that looks like daily maintenance cleaning and then a Mm -hmm. weekly deep clean. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean it has to take you all day. I mean, you just set aside two hours and then like, I'm going to mop the floors. I'm going to scrub out the sink, wipe off the trash can, just those kind of change out the linens. Oh my gosh, the trash cans. You know, yeah. Actually, Tony, in her Bowlful of Lemons book, I love her kitchen chapter because she says at the end of the day, I love it. You need to take out the trash. Even if there's some room, you get in the habit of, at least our family, we can fill up a, our small little kitchen trash can once a day. But there's onion skins in there, or there's weird remnants of this or that. And it stinks. It smells of oh your gosh. kitchen. So she just suggests. Within reason, obviously, use your wisdom here. But, like, just take out your mm-hmm. trash every day. And then in the morning when you're making coffee, you don't put your grounds in there and then it spills all over. Like, these small little things. These small right. little things. But to me, it's a, it's a daily clean, a weekly deep clean. Is that how you do yours? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have a particular day of the week that I clean it. Mm. Um, I mop it a few times a week just with a Swiffer mm-hmm. wet jet. And I just... Once a year, buy the Swiffer like liquid cartridge, mm-hmm. and then I just pop the lid off and put my own Murphy's oil soap and essential oils and mm. cleaning products in there that I like. Um, I have to wipe it down. I mean, our we have two sinks. So we have the sink in the boot room is where we do dishes because it's the big cast iron sink, and the kitchen door is right there. So like everybody's always touching the glass on that door it always looks dirty it has to get windexed like every other day or else it's just handprints and 
gunk. Mm-hmm. I don't know dough and what have you. Um, it gets pretty cleaned mm-hmm. every thirty six hours. I would say. Okay. I mean, it gets put to bed every night, but then it gets pretty cleaned. It has to be. You know, I'm neurotic about my stovetop. Mm-hmm. So I'm forever, I'm like an old man with his car with my stove. Mm-hmm. Polishing and cleaning. And like, I, I like love it. me some fresh tea towels. I'm yep. just, yeah. Yep. I pretty much have to do fresh tea towels daily. And I'll say, oh, my family's as ex- like, actually family. Good job. Hands. My clean bless hands. Them, I don't know. I must have done something right a long time ago because nobody wipes their hands on my tea towels. <gasps> Not my husband, not anybody. If a guest comes over, they're like, yeah, yeah. Like, please, it is pristine for a reason. Yeah, please don't touch it. It's a look towel. See that mangy rag over yeah. on the, laying on the side of the sink? That is for you. <laughs> That's also the one we Can use on I the cow's nothing? udder, but don't worry, I bleached it. It's fun. <laughs> so true. I mean, Lee goes, was this used on fern? What about I bleached it? it. What about it? What about it? Um, I think an organized oh, kitchen too. I think about keeping essentials close by. I try not to let my kitchen get clutter, and I'm forever fighting the clutter. God help the yeah. kid who lives who leaves their like coat or like their school stuff or painting supplies. I'm like, get it out. Um, I came down this morning to tube socks mm-hmm. on the marble, mm-hmm. and I was like, excuse me. That's not how we do things. That's not These how have it's been done worn. This is not what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever seen my bra on the kitchen counter? <laughs> no. For a reason. Because it's simply not done. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, like not to be cliche, but the struggle is real. Oh. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I'll say like, okay, with the kitchen is done now, somebody needs to broom. I'm gonna go take a hot bath. I come down at six the next morning. There's a pile of crud. Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't even dustpan mm-hmm. it. You know, um, mm-hmm. it is a legit struggle to keep the kitchen clean, but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. And if you just decide, not, I'm not, I don't like the, I shouldn't have said that because I hate it when people say, if you just do X Y Z. But once you've decided, I am a person with a clean kitchen. Mm-hmm. That is a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Like setting that expectation, that bar for yourself, that this is just not the way I do things. Mm-hmm. And I will spend the extra time and be a little bit neurotic and get up a little earlier or stay up a little later or bleach a few more rags. <laughs> um, the payoff is so much more than the effort. It is. And what I have found in keeping an organized kitchen like that or a clean kitchen or, or well-stocked mm-hmm. or whatever it is, again, this is cliche, but like if you can just do a little bit per day versus mm-hmm. somehow magically thinking that you're going to find seven hours on a random Friday to devote to like labeling and redoing all your spices all at one time, that's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen. But most people can find 15 or 20 minutes in their day. Now, if you took that 15 or 20 minutes and you just thought, okay, the kitchen's cleaned. It's put to bed. I got 10 minutes. I'm going to just go make sure like all the jars in my cabinet are where they need to be. Or I'm just going to pull out the old little remnants of bread that I need to deal with tomorrow. Or I'm going to condense the bags of chip chips down, 
wipe out the inside mm-hmm. of the fridge. Mm-hmm. Like that can keep it from piling up. And so if your goal is to have an organized, clean kitchen, you're gonna have you're gonna have to do something. You're gonna have to take some steps daily. Right. Otherwise, at best, you clean it all at one time. It takes a ton of energy and it's clean for five minutes. But you haven't developed the habits of keeping it there. Mm-hmm. So that's a dumb goal. Because <laughs> you'll be so unhappy. Like, it was clean yeah. once for five minutes. It was organized once for five minutes. But it really is cultivating new habits. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. And it just, it can just, you just have to figure things out. You have to figure out that you need to empty the espresso tray, you know, the one that fills up with water mm-hmm. on your espresso machine. Mm-hmm. You got to do that. Mm-hmm. You got to, I keep like something little. I keep, um, I keep a tray. So I have like a main cleaning, like a wine crate. <laughs> it's a wine sure. crate, of course, full of all my cleaning products in the boot room. But then on my copper sink, I keep um, my branch basics. I keep my mm-hmm. cleaning products right mm-hmm. there. And they're they're right there. Everybody can see where they are, front and center. It's like a little centerpiece on the sink. And I keep, you know, my obsession with Swiffer sticks. Mm-hmm. I keep a Swiffer stick under the island because that's where all the spices get knocked over. That's where all the garlic papers fall. That's where the dust settles on top of my cookbook. And I can just reach down mm-hmm. there and like tap it out and I put it back in and then change it a couple times a month. But that way, that stick is always there, and I don't have to think, oh, I should clean the kitchen. Oh, I should go get my cleaning supplies. It's just right there mm-hmm. to clean up. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have one more still to hit, and I think it's an important one. Okay. So I want to make okay. sure that we get to it before we close up on time. Mm-hmm. But I think about – I like to think about my kitchen. One of my goals in my kitchen is that I want it to be a giving kitchen, whether it's giving to Stuart or whether it's giving mm-hmm. to the children, whether it's giving to – the people that we invite in to eat with us, whether it's right. giving in the sense, like our church does a lot of meal trains. Oh, so-and-so had a baby. Right, oh, right. so-and-so sick. Here's an opportunity for the people in the church to cook for mm-hmm. those in our, those, those who have right. these needs, okay? Right. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for giving in our culture. Now, I know not everybody comes from a culture like this, but I would argue that if this is kind of, the way that you see your kitchen or the way that you would like it to be more so, but maybe you're not in a culture where this is normal. We've talked to those people, right? Where they're like, I want to have people Mm -hmm. over, but like people don't do that (laughs) where I am or or they don't reach out when they have a need or Mm -hmm. maybe they're not involved in a church where there's any kind of ministry like this. Super cliche. Why don't you be the change that you want to see in the culture? Why don't you be Mm. the weirdo who says, hey, I heard you were sick. I'm going to drop off a pot of soup and a loaf of bread for Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Why don't you do these actions towards people? You could be the family that just says, hey, we would love for you to come over on Friday after school. Come hang out. Have some snacks with us. You could create that culture, even if it doesn't exist around you. Mm -hmm. There's a couple ways that I try to be prepared to do this. And it does require prep and it does require sort of working backwards. So if I want to position my kitchen as a giving kitchen, as this place that can kind of outpour over other people. One thing I have found really helpful is having to go containers, which sounds so silly and small and trite, but it makes you feel like it's possible. When I go down to my root cellar and I see like the big aluminum trays, right? 
That means yeah. you could bake a casserole in it, or you could you okay, here's some chicken breasts and rice. And I mean you can fill it in all these no, different ways. I, that's not weird. There's <laughs> something about a few times a year I buy a stack of those at Costco. And there's something about having that stupid stack of aluminum that makes you go, Oh, I could do that. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. It just yeah. overcomes a small hurdle in your mind of mm-hmm. like, okay, what dish do I do it in? And then how are they going to get it back to me? And then maybe that's a little bit weird. Exactly. So I keep some yeah. of those on hand. I keep some little just like to-go containers on hand. I keep little hot and cold cups that come with these little individual lids. I keep those on hand. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, the loaf pans. So sometimes yeah, just it can just a stack be a nice those way to be day. like, I made some banana bread. I'm just going to throw an extra loaf mm-hmm. together. I'm going to go take it to my pastor. Whatever. Okay. I do want to say something to the person who is not in that culture. Mm-hmm. Because this is where you will need, I think, you will need to decide what kind of person you're going to be. And you're going to decide in advance to be completely comfortable with that. Hmm. Because I met with a lot of awkward resistance when I decided to be that person Susie from even from people in the church Mm -hmm. oh Susie Hillmaker like just awkward Mm -hmm. and ironically that you're saying this um, I had a conversation with a listener two weeks ago about an effort that she had put forth consistently throughout the holidays to be that person and and not in a vainglorious kind of way Um, and it it went very awkwardly as far as um, gratitude and feeling just a little bit clumsy about it, like did I oh, did I do too much? Did 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 they not appreciate it? They didn't even say anything. Just because you decide to be that person doesn't mean that you're s- stepping into um, a situation of giving where like that might even register with someone mm-hmm. what you've done. So you need to decide that you want to do that out of service to God or service to someone else. Like I would, if this totally new to you and you're not in that space, like think about going in with, without expectations. This was a real shakeup for this, for mm. this listener. Um, it was just really awkward mm-hmm. and like, it's totally okay. You just be the person that makes the bread. You just be the person that makes the cinnamon cinnamon rolls and attaches a note to the top mm-hmm. with a little bouquet of flowers. Like, that is beautiful and good. And don't let the a, a particular culture stop you from doing that. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a great encouragement. I also think that if you're baking people banana bread and you're inviting them to your table, yeah, it might be awkward at first, but you're going to get more comfortable mm-hmm. doing it. And then right. you'll become that person who does it. <clears throat> and people me. will grow more comfortable with that over time, mm-hmm. especially if you mm-hmm. continue to do it. Some of these times, mm-hmm. these things take time to develop, right? You're, oh, yeah. And everything we do for the first few times, it, yeah. like, you're no different. Th- we're no different than anyone else. It has to be awkward at first. Mm-hmm. Everything we do at first is awkward and clumsy mm-hmm. and we make a few missteps or, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. The other thing I do to kind of, set my kitchen up for this kind of thing is I do go to Costco and I do buy um, nothing perfect, but better options. So I buy like the big mm-hmm. tubs of spring greens and I buy the little hot house peppers and I buy paper plates and I buy things where if there's an opportunity or there's a need, I got it. Mm-hmm. I can throw together a salad for 15 people <laughs> You know, that's at least the culture that we live in in our community where there's a lot of 
connection and there's a lot of moving and shaking and oh you gotta um it's just kind of on us it's on our hearts to to cook for each other Mm. in this way so i always try to be prepped with extra food extra portions and that has been a blessing to us and it's been a huge blessing to other people too who we get Mm -hmm. to share that with when you can just say i got it i'll take care of it or i can cover this or i can bring this or do you need a place to go tonight um Mm -hmm. I think that's such, and a that's going to look different yeah. for everyone. Yep. For some people, that's going to be fifteen extra people on Sunday. For others, it's going to be, you know, just intentionally letting your teenage teenager's friend know, hey, you can stay for dinner. Mm-hmm. We have plenty of food. Mm-hmm. We've set a place for you. We'd love to have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just invite your neighbor over, and she might say no, and you can just say, you know, you want to come next Thursday instead. <laughs> hmm. So if just if that is a goal of your kitchen, take the time and write down if any of these are a goal for your kitchen or whatever your goal may be. For one, I would love to hear it. So tell us over on Instagram. For sure. Take that goal. What's this vision, this idea, this hope that you have for what your kitchen does? And then give yourself four, five, six steps, pieces of that puzzle that will ultimately kind of create that habit and ultimately create that kitchen for you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, before Wonderful. we leave you, though, we do need to say thank you to American Blossom Linens. We have the most amazing sponsors on this show, and I am so yeah. grateful for all of them. We've been at this podcast for three years. American Blossom Linens has been with us since the beginning, I think, or really close right? to. Yeah, yeah, really close. Um, and I just feel so humbled. And before we started this season, Angela and I had a lot of phone conversation. We just pinching ourselves. Like, we get to work with the most amazing companies that we love, that we respect, that we use. Um, so when we tell you, hey, go get your sheets, go get your towels, go get your blankets, Go have a little fun shopping at AmericanBlossomLinens.com. We can say that because we use those products. We love those products. We love Janet and the small U.S.-based company that she has built. These are incredible quality sheets, and we want you to go check them out. So they have a link. We have a link for them below the show if you want to check that out and a coupon code there for you as well. So just make sure you take the time to go browse around and see what some of these companies have to offer because ultimately – these companies are who keep homemaker sheet coming to you. And Absolutely. so it's really I, important that, you know, we get the word out for them and mm-hmm. that they're given that support because that's what makes this world turn, this little podcast world we're in. So Absolutely. grateful for it. Absolutely. Do we miss anything else? I don't think okay. so. We didn't even take the time to do Q&A today. We had a lot of ground to cover. We sure did. So. We will be back here with you next Monday with a new Working Backwards topic. Until then, follow us on Instagram. You can visit the website, homemakerchicpodcast.com. We have links to all our sponsors there with the coupon codes. So if you ever forget, oh, what was that? Or what did they say that was? Just go visit homemakerchicpodcast.com. It's all there for you. And I think that's it. Yep, for sure. Follow over on Instagram because every week we're going to have Instagram stories with those coupon codes. There you go. Uh, so you can see that, click it, get what you need. There you go. So Wonderful. Okay. Is that it? Is there anything else we forgot? Yes. I want to remind everybody to visit modernhomesteading.com 
get your tickets for the Modern Homesteading Conference. In fact, while we were recording, we got a message from a listener. She's super excited. She's going to be attending that. So you're going to have live demonstrations for, for things like chicken butchering, pig butchering, the family dairy cow, amazing speakers like Joel Salatin, and um, a live performance by Rory Feeks. So you definitely want to visit modernhomesteading.com because right now the tickets to that conference are discounted for a limited period of time. There you go. Okay, ladies, thanks for joining us today. And we will be back here with you next Monday. Cheers. Cheers.